All right, let's pray and we'll get uh, we'll get rolling here. Father, I love you. Thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, really being good to us, um, Lord. It's been a season of life where um, there's been a lot of things happen that um, maybe make us uh, want to ask why or uh, question uh, your uh, goodness, um, Lord. Um, there's just uh, things happen and nothing happens without purpose. And so, Lord, I do pray that we would just keep our eyes uh, fixed on you. Uh, and, you know, Peter, um, he lost uh, he lost uh, eyesight of you. He, he he lost what he was looking at, and that's when he began to fall. So, Lord, I do pray that uh, even when life seems uh, to make us want to waver, we would just uh, really be fixed on you. Uh, Lord, I pray that we, as the Passpoint class, those that are here and uh, the several who are out and about doing different things this weekend, Lord, that we would just be... Uh, clinging to the rock, we would really just uh, be stayed on you. It's too easy to get caught up in the world. And so, uh, Lord, I do thank you for such an uh, amazing group of people who just really want to be um, dedicated to what you're doing. And so I couldn't do any of this on my own. My wife couldn't do any of this on her own. So, uh, Lord, I do thank you for what you're doing in these people's lives. And so I pray you'd speak to us today as we uh, just get into, a, uh, uh, try to wrap up this section uh, on, on marriage here in First uh, Corinthians chapter 7. Lord, that you'd just speak to us, put me out of the way, and just get the honor and the glory for it. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, I'm going to try to wrap this up today. Most of you are like, there's no way, because that's a lot of verses. But uh, it, I really do think we can. Um, so... That's just because you work with me. I listened to your divorce one. I was like, man, you the last three minutes. <laughs> I was trying to get through it. Killing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. I got to get done. Okay, so uh, title today, if you're a title kind of person, I'm not usually, but I'm trying to give you guys something to hold on to. Plus, it's easier when they're putting the stuff online for them to have a title, because if not, it's just like, hey, this is the passage. And so uh, here's your title. Uh, what about the unmarried? Uh, what about the unmarried? That's what we're going to talk about today. And so you're like, oh, I'm married, so I don't need to worry about it. Well, uh, we've talked a lot. This First uh, Corinthians chapter seven is kind of like the full council chapter on marriage. There's a lot of other stuff in the Bible. We'll get there here in uh, less than a month now, and we're going to uh, really get uh, into it. But uh, he said a lot of things. He he talks to those who are married. Uh, he talks to those who have maybe been divorced for different reasons or are trying to get divorced. Different things. And then uh, the last thing we looked about looked at was uh, not so much about marriage, but it was about just clinging to where you're at, right? Uh, God will use you where you're at. And the point here was uh, you don't have to get a new spouse to uh, grow in Christ. You don't have to uh, become something different to grow in Christ. Uh, God will use you right where you're at. And, um, you know, come the first night of the, the marriage class, and I can give you personal testimony of that, that God will... Uh, not tell you you need to change scenery uh, to follow him. Uh, he can use you in your marriage right where you're at. And so that's what we talked about before. And so now he gets into this section, starting in verse 25, where he's talking to uh, the unmarried, okay? And so uh, let me just, so anytime you're watching a movie, you know, everybody in here, 
watches movies. That's what we do. We try to check out. And I say that, everybody, I don't get to watch very much stuff like ever. Um, people tell me all the time, hey, you should watch this show. And I'm like, "Are you? I, I don't know how to make time for that. It just doesn't make sense to me. The only thing that I like to try to watch is football. Praise the Lord, football, co- football season starts next week. It's like getting back to the normalcy of life. Uh, if the weather's going to change, there needs to be football on. That's just my opinion. But uh, anyway, it's like the unofficial end of summer. Okay, fine. If summer's got to end, there needs to be football on. That's just me. Anyway, that's not biblical. That's like what Paul says in uh, uh, 25. He says, I have no commandment of the Lord, but I'll give you my judgment. There, if, if it's going to be cool outside, there needs to be football on. That's just my judgment, okay? Anyway, it has nothing to do with anything. Um, but the point here is like, if you watch a movie, especially if it's uh, it's set in a time not in the time that we are, like not in present day, they have to do a really good job of trying to set the scene, like to try to help you understand uh, like what's going on. I don't know. We were watching something a couple months ago. It seems like forever ago. I don't know. But uh, at the beginning of the movie, it was set in like hundreds of years ago. I don't remember. And so it, it does a decent job of trying to set the scene of this is not present day because the rest of the movie is set in what it's supposed to be. So like, you know, you got the, the horse wagons and all the different things. And, you know, you just, there's certain things that in our minds are like, oh, okay, this must be this time period. This must be, this is what's going on. And so any, any good movie will try to set the scene. And so let me try to set the scene for you of what's going on here. We've been talking about marriage, but there's a lot going on in the world when Paul's writing this letter, okay? So Jesus had just come to earth uh, and lived and died, and they rejected him. Uh, they crucified him. They sent him on. Uh, now the church is starting to kind of explode in the book of Acts, right? And so First uh, Peter goes out. Now the gospel's going out to the Gentiles with the apostle Paul. And so what does Paul do? He goes out on these uh, missionary journeys, and he starts to uh, just preach the gospel everywhere he's at, right? And so that's what's happening. And so in doing that, in all these different towns, in Corinth, in Ephesus, in, uh, in, in Thessalonica, all these different places that he goes, he starts like a house church, and he starts a church in this place, and then he moves on, okay? So the gospel is starting to go uh, to all these different places, and it's not just a Jewish gospel anymore. Now it is the Gentiles. Now the heathen can get saved. And so all of that is going on. Okay, so the world power at the time is not super cool with that. Rome isn't super cool with uh, this new Jesus thing starting to explode. Because why? Well, um, it's making a king somebody other than who the king is. And so uh, they're starting to uh, realize what's happening and they're like, we need to put an end to this thing. And so as Christianity is starting to explode, per se, compared to what it was. Now, when we say explode, I mean, we're talking like house churches are starting. You know, we're not, we don't have the Church of the Resurrection in Overland Park going on, right? Uh, we don't have uh, Joel Osteen on the TV. We don't have that kind of Christianity explosion, which I wouldn't call that Christianity anyway, but you know, you know where I'm coming from on that. Uh, the point here is, when I say Christianity is exploding, uh, people are getting saved and churches are starting, but these are house churches. But word's getting around that something's happening. And uh, things are changing and there's starting to be persecution. Uh, Brian was talking about it um, uh, a couple weeks ago when he was preaching. You know, they're, they're starting to persecute him. You know, Peter's in jail. All these things are happening because, you know, they're beheading. They just uh, took off James's head. All these things are happening and, like, they're trying to scare people into this really isn't what you want to do. So the point here is, like, Paul's writing this letter to the church at Corinth, which, you know, he started, and things are going on. It's kind of a rebuke letter. But also, there's a lot of things in the world happening that, like, 
aren't church friendly, okay? And so that's the best way that I can explain it. Things aren't super friendly. <coughs> There's persecution. Getting saved isn't the safest thing in the world to do. It's not like here where, you know, the, the worst thing you got to do uh, once you get saved is uh, deal with your friends who want to tell you that you shouldn't have done that, right? It's not like that. And so that's the world we live in. So just kind of as you understand what's happening, this isn't like, you know, a big church. This is like a house church, maybe a little bit bigger than that. And uh, the world isn't super cool with it. And so Paul is writing all these different things. Uh, but understand that's what's going on. So here's a couple things to remember as we go into this. So you can kind of have your mind going. Paul's answering questions starting in chapter 7. So they asked a lot of questions about marriage. A lot of these things, he's just answering what they asked, right? And go back and I'll tell you, you can listen to why that's the case. And it goes on in chapter 8 and 9 as well. He's answering questions that they asked of him. These aren't just things that he's like, oh, by the way, let's talk about marriage for a minute. They asked the question, so he's answering the question, right? Uh, we try to have a policy in our lives where if somebody's going to ask me, I'll tell you. You might not really want to know the answer, but I will be as completely black and white with you uh, as I can. When we do this marriage thing... And I know they do this at every marriage conference. If you have questions, put them in the box and, you know, we'll answer them. And what do they do? They never answer them, right? Well, most of that's because nobody actually asks any questions. But sometimes they do and people are like, well, this really isn't the right place to answer that question. Okay, so when we do this marriage thing, uh, there will be uh, a spot for you to anonymously ask questions. And I promise if the question is asked... Uh, on the last week, I will answer the question. I don't care what it is. And so uh, if it's, uh, you know, how do you do this? What about this? So uh, I guarantee there's things that people are going to want to ask. And if, if somebody's going to ask, I'll answer it. And so same thing. Paul's got this deal where he's just like, hey, if, if, if you're going to ask me these questions, I'm going to give you the answer. So that's the first thing to remember. He's answering questions. He's already made some comments about uh, unmarried people at the beginning of the chapter. What did he say? You'd be better off to just not get married. You know, but he's like to avoid fornication, meaning if you can't contain yourself, then go ahead and do it because it's better to be married than to burn, meaning uh, it's better to be married than to end up in hell because you were you know, sinning all the time. So that's basically what he's saying. Go back and listen to the first part of the chapter if you want to catch up on that. So he's already said a few things, but you're going to get a lot more on it. And so also remember that the world as a whole in the time frame that we're talking about is in transition. The church is starting to gain traction, but the world is starting to push back. So there's a big transition happening. So some of the things that we read, when you read this, it's just like, what exactly are they trying to say here? Um, some of the things that, that are trying to happen understand that there's a massive transition in the world. The Jews still aren't happy that the Gentiles are getting saved. The world isn't happy that anybody's following anybody other than the king, right? And so there's all this stuff happening. Understand that, that it's not just like, well, why are we talking about this? This isn't just marriage we're talking about. There's a lot of things happening in the world that you have to understand when you do these things. So, okay, verse 1 and 2. Let me just read these, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're going to have to read it as we go, but I just want to give you a little bit. It says, now concerning virgins. Okay, so before we go any farther, let's just, like, people get all wound up tight. Like, what are we talking about here? So let me just, to set this in order so everybody is tracking on the same page when you look this word up like in your uh bible app in what in the in the in the strong's concordance the word virgin means a maiden or an unmarried daughter 
That is what the word virgin means. So obviously, an unmarried daughter probably ought to be what we today know as a virgin. But when we read this, and we're reading our King James old archaic book that everybody wants to change into something new and more modern, when it says, uh, now concerning virgins, it's talking about an unmarried daughter. It generally signifies a maid or a woman. Frequently, it uh, denotes unmarried people of both sexes, though. And so Paul will use it in both contexts today. He is generally talking about just unmarried people in general. But there are some contexts where he's talking about ladies in general. But for the most part here, we are just simply talking about unmarried people, people who have not been married even a first time, okay? That's what we're talking about here. Okay. So as we go into this, this is what we got. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. Well, then why are we even looking at this? Because they asked the question. God hasn't like said, Paul, this is what you need to say on this. But they asked the question. Like Paul doesn't make it a point to just be like, hey, this is what I think about this. You ought to apply it to your life. But they asked the question and he's like, okay, so now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment. Well, why are you giving your judgment? Because here's why. Uh, As one who hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful, because I am an apostle set out of due time. That's why. I have authority to say this, even though it's not of the Lord. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. It's funny that he starts with, I suppose. Like, I'm just giving you my opinion here. Like, I suppose this is how you ought to do it. Sometimes people will ask me a question that's kind of like, what you guys would call a gray area, because I'll tell you right now, there are no gray areas, but that somebody would be like, that's kind of a gray area. And I'd be like, well, I suppose uh, you probably ought to do this. I understand you're probably not going to because, you know, that would be hard and, uh, you know, that takes work and like, uh, you know, that's not the easy thing. But I suppose this is what you probably ought to do. Okay, so that's what he's saying. Uh, Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, but, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, again, just as somebody who's unmarried, uh, she hath not sinned. Uh, nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. Uh, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they uh, that have wives be as though they ha- have none. Sorry, I went too far already. So here's, here's your list today if you want to list. So I've got, uh, I've got five. Now this... I had to come up with this, right? <laughs> this isn't really me speak, but this is uh, five advisatory questions. Now, how does that make sense? How, what is an advisatory question, right? Uh, usually, if I'm giving advice, it doesn't come in form of a question, but sometimes it needs to be. It's five advisatory questions from your spiritual advisor, Paul. Has, has, has anybody in here ever been to a financial advisor? Uh, they call them like wealth managers. Like you see commercials on TV, and I'm, like I remember when I was younger, and I was always like. I don't have any wealth for you to manage. So obviously there is no need for you in my life, right? Uh, (laughs) But one of the nights in the marriage class, we're going to talk a lot about this kind of thing. Because in marriage, uh, believe it or not, I have firsthand account of this. uh, You get older um, and things in your life change. And so uh, just so you know, uh, you will no longer always be young. Sorry to burst your bubble. It just doesn't work that way. But uh, so, you know, people go and they talk to a financial advisor. Hey, uh, I, I have goals in life. This is where I would like to be when I retire. You know, I'm getting older. This is what I'm. So anyway, that, that's kind of what you do with a financial advisor. So today, Paul is going to act the role of a spiritual advisor, right? And as uh, people are asking questions of him, like, hey, what do you think about this? Uh, he, in turn, is uh, answering not really in question form, but if you read between the lines, in question form of where exactly do you want to be 
right? You go to your financial advisor and it's like, hey, uh, I want to... Uh, I want to be able to retire um, in Mexico, you know, in, in the Caribbean for the rest of my life. Okay, well, that's a little different than, you know, retiring in your hometown and not having to work, right? There's, there's a different level of uh, financial uh, burden that you're going to have to, you know, accrue, right? I, I want to be able to retire by the time I'm 40. Well, you probably should have invest, started investing before you were 30, right? All the different things. And so here's what he's trying to say is, you know, he's, he's got these, these questions. And so the first question that he kind of asked without really asking in verse 25 to 28 is, are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? Are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? Remember, he's talking about unmarried people at this point, right? And so he's not like, hey, you don't need to get married. He said that at the beginning of the chapter, but they kept reading on. And so he's like, okay, I'll answer your question a little more specifically. Are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? He says, I have no judgment of the Lord. I give you, uh, I have no commandment of the Lord. I got to give my judgment as one that hath attained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, it is good for the present distress, meaning the way the world is going on right now, uh, it's not really safe for us to even be Christians at all. And yet you're wanting to bring uh, another person into your life, like another, you know, uh, uh, other people. Well, what usually happens when uh, young people get married, generally? Yeah, uh, there's, there's this commandment in Genesis, and then later on in uh, Ephesians it says, be fruitful and multiply. Uh, very specifically, that's talking about having kids, right? And so uh, it also spiritually means having spiritual children, right? Getting the gospel needs to go, all those things. And I understand that there are people who can't have kids and different things like that, and that's totally you know, understandable. But the point here is, generally, in the sense, when two young people get married, um, there's something that goes on. Uh, come on Saturday nights and we'll talk about it. Uh, and uh, other things happen and uh, the stork brings a baby, right? Uh, that's just what happens. Uh, I promise that will not be this, the, the way that this is explained. Uh, uh, that's why we're not doing it on Sunday mornings. But uh, the point here is like, he's like, in this present distress in the world we live in, uh, it might not be the best decision for you uh, to be getting married right now because who knows what's going to happen. I don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring. He's like, I've been arrested uh, multiple times. I've been beat multiple times. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to live. And so like, you're wanting to bring other people into this you know, Christianity thing. Like, I'm not sure that's the wisest thing you could do. He says, in this present <coughs> distress, I say that it is good for a man so to be, meaning be single. <clears throat> Art thou bound to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Meaning, uh, if you're married, it doesn't mean, well, he says it's better to be single. I better get rid of my wife right now. That's, he clarifies that very quickly. It's funny that that happens, uh, you know, because some people are like, oh, he says it's better to be single. I didn't really like her anyway, so time to move on. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. He says, uh, no, I'm good, I think. <coughs> he says, art thou bound to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. And then he says again, are thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. It's better in the world that we live in, he's saying right now, to maybe just be how you are. Because nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows what's coming next. But, verse 28, but and if thou marry. So if you do go ahead and get married, thou hast not sinned. He clarifies that. He's like, I'm not trying to tell you that getting married is going to cause you to be uh, like against the Lord. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what Paul's trying to... He's like, but in the present world we live in, it's not just the wisest thing you're going to do right now, right? Uh, there are times that like, you know, you may have kids and I can imagine, I, I can only imagine that uh, when my wife went to her mother, and so just a little bit of our testimony here, uh, at 
17 years old and said, hey, I'm going to get married to Jason, uh, it may have been like, that might not be the wisest thing you do in your life right now, right? Uh, you're 17, you know? And so sometimes wise counsel will be like, that's not maybe the smartest thing you're ever going to do. Have you ever had, uh, you know, one of your kids come to you and be like, hey, this is what I want to do. And you're like, I mean, not the smartest thing you're ever going to do, right? Uh, I'm sure, you know, there are times when uh, us as husbands come to our wives and like, hey, this is what I want to do. Like, I think I need a flamethrower, right? We were talking about this earlier. And generally, the wife is like, um, what exactly are you wanting to throw flames at? And uh, why exactly? Like, they ask all the logical, they ask all the logical questions. Like, the questions that, like, never even cross a man's mind. Like, what do you mean, why? What am I, what? whatever I want. Like, that's the answer. Like, why do you ask questions like that? Okay, sometimes you have uh, young people that, like, they just have very elaborate ideas. And sometimes it's just like, uh, maybe not your best idea. So Paul's like, hey, maybe getting married right now is not the best thing for you. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, meaning uh, she hath not sinned, it's not like you're going against God if you do it. Nevertheless, such, not like might, it says such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. He's like, you're going to struggle. You just will. If, if you get married, I mean, it's like single people in here. Not a lot of you, but if you get married, you're going to struggle. And Paul doesn't elaborate. He's like, I'll spare you the details. Um, you all of a sudden step into this world of it's not just what you want to do anymore. It's not just like, this is where I want to eat tonight. It's not just like, this is what I think should happen. Uh, it's not just you about anything in life anymore. Now it is suddenly, well, what do you think? And I'm supposed to follow you. And what do you think? I'm supposed to lead you. And like all of a sudden, there's a lot more responsibility in your life that like you didn't really have to deal with. And so a lot of those things, Paul's just like, hey, you're not in sin if you get married, but I'm just telling you, you're going to struggle. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. Maybe I am, but like what I'm saying is like this is the truth of the matter. When we meet with somebody for pre-marriage counseling, there's, there's material that we go through, but it's best to be really real with people. Like this, your life is going to change. And they're like, yes, I know. I love them so much. I'm like, okay, yeah, you haven't gotten married yet. And I'm not trying to say that like marriage is terrible. I love being married. It is just great. But what I'm trying to like tell people in pre-marriage, premarital counseling and different things is like, I know you love them, but I don't know that you know them yet, right? Um, and so, and I don't know that they know you yet. And so trying to figure all that out, like, just understand a lot of things are going to change. And so this enamorment of love um, doesn't always exist. Love is a choice. Uh, it's not a feeling. And there's a lot of times in life you have to choose to love. I understand when you're getting ready to get married and you're like, man, I can't wait to get married. I understand what you're telling me is I can't wait for the honeymoon. Like, I get it. But the honeymoon only lasts so long. And so then marriage happens and then life happens. And then like, oh, well, nobody told me about this. I tried. Like, the point here is it's just easier if you don't. Now, I understand there's an entire chapter talking about, like, if you can't contain yourself, by all means, get married. By all means, there's a lot of happy people in marriages. But I guess if you, I would guess, not I don't, I don't guess, I would guess. And when I say would guess, I'm, I'm pretty sure about this. Uh, if you were to take like a poll 
of just people who are married, uh, more often than not, people would say, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done it. Like, yeah, I'm happy where I'm at now, or I'm okay with where I'm at now, or I, I've learned to live with where I'm at now. But like, uh, there was a time in our marriage that was like, yeah, the best thing for me to do would not have been to marry you, right? Now, did God have other plans? Absolutely. But I'm just saying, like, your, your feeling of love, um, man, I promise, there's a lot of life that has to be lived after that. And so the point here is, like, if you're married, I'm not trying to say that there's any way out. But go back to the divorce thing. There is no way out, right? Uh, the, the way out is uh, love them more, is uh, accept them more. Like, that's, that's the answer for you. Because I promise, uh, Paige and I's testimony could tell you um, that there's nothing that God can't fix. There's nothing that God can't take and make amazing. So if you're like, oh my gosh, there's no hope for me. I got married. Okay, what I'm trying to tell you is we're talking about what about the unmarried today? Uh, if you're married, we've already addressed you. We've already looked at all of that. And the answer is love harder, uh, work harder. Um, you know, that's, that's how God gets the glory out of that. Okay, so anyway, the point here is like, are you at a point in your life where where a change needs to be made. That's what Paul's asking. Like, you came to my office here. You came to the, the spiritual advisor on this. You asked the question. Uh, let me ask you a question. Are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? Oh, you okay, that's fine. Like, that's just, that's just, he's just, he's answering, sometimes people hate it when this happens, but he's answering a question with a question. Are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? I mean, if you are, then great. Like, I'm not telling you you're going to be in sin if you get married. All I'm telling you is like, Things are going to change, right? Things will change, I promise. Like, it won't always be what you think it's going to be. It just isn't. Like, Paige and I have been married for a long time, going on 20 years now. And there are still things in life that I'm like, no, and I don't, I, no, this is completely, <laughs> Nick's like, man, you, you tread lightly, friend. <laughs> tread lightly. Uh, <laughs> I've thought through this before I said it. <laughs> There are still things that I'm like, that's really not how I thought this would go. Like, it's just not, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just kind of a little insight. So just so you know, we're not going to get done today. There's no way. <laughs> just a little insight to uh, the, the marriage class. It doesn't matter what you do in life. It doesn't matter. Like, you go to work in the morning. Uh, and I have thoughts like, this is what I'm going to get done today. Uh, you do whatever you do throughout the day. Uh, you come to a relationship. You have uh, a meeting with a person. You have whatever. It doesn't matter what it is in life. Any situation of any kind, you have some sort of expectation in your, in your mind of how it's going to go. A lot of times, you go into it thinking, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> like There are times that like you just know up front, like, I don't know how this is going to go. But, like, uh, if I could picture something going terrible, like, that might be close to what's going to happen here. Like, I don't know. And I'm not talking about marriage when I say that. But then there's other times where it's like, this is just how I thought this was going to be. Like, uh, when I was going to get married to this gal, like, this is what I thought the honeymoon was going to be like. And, well, obviously it didn't exactly go that way. And, like, anyway, it doesn't matter what the situation is in life. This is what I thought was going to happen, right? A lot of times this happens at work. Especially on remodels. I really don't love to remodel people's houses because I didn't build it. And so there's a way that I would have done it. Or let me just say a way that it should have been done. And, uh, and I don't mean that like arrogantly. Like there's just a certain, like certain things should have been done a certain way. And like then you, all of a sudden you open up the wall and it's just like, 
what in the world did I just get into? Like, this is not how this should have been done at all. Why is the, there shouldn't be plumbing here. Why is there, and you just don't ever know. And so I've learned to write it in the contract, like, this is, this is how it is, barring any unforeseen problems once we open up the walls, once we open up this, that, or the other, right? Because it's not always how you think it's going to be. And in the world that I live in, when you're working on somebody's house, uh, you know, an unforeseen problem can all of a sudden cost me thousands of dollars, right? It's not like, you know, you go to work and it's like, well, I didn't see this happening. Well, it's just going to take us extra days. Well, I work by the hour, so it doesn't matter to me. Like, it doesn't work like that in the world that I live in. Like, when I'm giving a price before we go into something, like on remodels, I've learned, you know, you lose money enough times and you're like, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, and so you try to be as open. The same thing happens in, in life. Like, you've got expectations of what should happen in this scenario, right? Uh, I have expectations that when I look at my wife this way, she should look back at me that way, and we should end up in the bedroom by this time. Like, not really. I'm just saying, like, whatever. Like, I have, I have thoughts that, like, if I do this, then this should happen. It's like a cause and effect thing in our brain, right? This is... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I've been reading some books, and I'm like, it says here that if I do this... Yeah, it says that if I do this, then this is going to happen. And then, you know, read further, and it says if you do this thing, these things consistently, and, like, you have cha- it's a change of lifestyle. It isn't a one-time thing. And then, you know, we're not just talking about physical things here, guys. But I'm just mean, like, in general, the point here is, like, your expectations 99% of the time will go unmet. They won't be what you expected. They won't be what you hoped for. They won't be, like, we won't be ready to retire by the time we're 40. Dang it. Man, maybe we should have invested something, right? And I understand, like, we'll get into all... The point here is, like, your expectations aren't always what you thought they were going to be. Does that mean it's time to throw in the towel and try again with somebody new? Um, No. Because somebody new is still not going to fulfill your expectations because they're still not you. Circling back around to Paul saying you'd be better off just staying single because nobody's just like you. It just doesn't happen. A marriage is learning how to have two imperfect people live together, right? Jeff Cox called his marriage series Two Ticks and No Dog because what do ticks do? They like suck the life out of something. And there's two people that are just here to suck the life, but yet there's no, there's nothing here to like. So instead you're just like, what are we doing here? And I think it's great, and I wish I could have used it, but it's just not where I'm at. And it, But the point here is, like, expectations will never be met. And so how do you adapt in life to, well, this is where we're at? And that's what Paul's trying to say. Like, well, at, at, are you at a point in your life where you need, where a change needs to be made? Like, that's what he's trying to ask you. Like, are you at a point where you need, a change needs to be made? Now, married people are like, I don't know, am I at a place where change needs to be made? A change in your life does not mean divorce. That word doesn't exist, right? We don't use that word because, like, that is just an immediate out. God never said, hey, you know, stay married until you're not happy anymore because happy isn't a thing, right? Uh, Loving someone is a choice. And I promise when you choose to love, man, God blesses it. And so the point here is, like, we're out of time. The first question that he, he asked, are, are you at a point in your life where a change needs to be made? He has a lot of other questions, so we'll have to get to them next week. So, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, there's four other questions next week. Do you need a dollar? I'm good. <laughs>
It's all good. All right, so uh, let's pray. We'll get going. I have a lot of things I want to say, but it's really weird teaching something very similar to what I know we're going to be uh, hitting on soon. And there's a lot of things that God has given me that I'm like, I want to go there, but now's not the time to go there. And so, um, man, I, I know I've told you guys I'm really excited about this marriage thing coming up because, um, one, I've never been able to, aside from my kitchen table, um, felt like I had the liberty to just be completely honest about things. And uh, God has really put me at a place where it's like, that's what this needs to be, is just completely honest. Like, I, it's, it's going to put me in a place. When I teach, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm just not. Like, it, I was early on, but I'm just not because I feel like God has put me here. And so, like, I just need to use it. But I'm going to be completely uncomfortable because some of the things that I feel like need to be said, that people need to hear, that is actually going to change uh, somebody's uh, outlook on their marriage and on their life. Uh, somebody needs to be the guy. Somebody has to be the guy to say it. And I guess if God has put me in the position to do it. So I'm really excited. Um, and so I hope you guys really do. And I don't just mean you guys. There's only you know some of you in here. But I just mean it as a whole. Are are ready to hear what God has to say. Because it's not me. Like, there's a lot of things I want to say, and already God has been taking those things, and it's just like, but how about we address it like this? And I'm like, well, fine, whatever. Like, anyway. So the point here is, like, make it a point. Uh, I know it's eight weeks. I know there's a lot. I know you, there's kids, and there's all the stuff, right? But, like, make it a point, uh, and I promise God's going to bless it. Um, and make it a point to invite some people. Again, not because I want a bunch of people there. Uh, more people is just going to make me more uncomfortable, especially if I don't know them. Um, but Do you have child care? Uh, sure. It's still probably going to be a problem with the people. You It'll work. I think Brenton's going to do child care. So. <laughs> not really. Brenton's not going to do Yeah. We're going, there will be some sort of child care. I have decided that somehow or another there will be child care. If, I don't know, I'm not going to say that, but there will be child care. So uh, I'm working it out. Um, So invite people. It really will be, uh, yeah. Is it going to be, has it already been like announced to, is it church-wide? It will be church-wide. It's it's been floated. It is in the bulletin? Okay. Yeah, it's been floated. Uh, there will be registration and things coming soon. I knew that it was going to be. I didn't know if it was this week. So, anyway, so yeah, yeah, it's going to be. It's available to anybody, and I don't expect a bunch of lost people to come just because most lost people don't show up to the church for anything. But maybe if you know somebody, they'll come with you. The point here is like God is. This isn't something that I've just always wanted to do. It's something that God has put on my heart over and over and over again that needs to happen and. Um, it, it, it needs to happen. And so, like, usually when I ask Brian to do anything, Brian's always like, uh, you know, he's really hesitant. Uh, when I brought this up to Pastor Brian, he was like, yeah, when does it start? Because there's a need so deep for something like this. And so, um, like, I'm excited because I really think God will do something for single people, for married people, for people who have marriages that are like, man, I don't even know what to do because this thing's so jacked up, for married people who, like, have a marriage that, Everything seems really good. And it's just like, I really don't know what, what could change here. Like, I, I promise no, there will be areas that's like, well, I didn't really think about that. Right? And so there's a lot of stuff. So uh, make it a point. Set aside time. Bring people that need to be there. Um, so that means, like, anybody. 
So yeah, it's available to everybody. Okay, so we need to pray and get out of here. Sorry for going over. Uh, we will get the other four points next week. We will. I won't have so much set up to get there, so we'll just be able to roll right into it next week. So let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Uh, I thank you for uh, just filling in where uh, I lack, Lord, because there's a lot of times that I think I can get a lot of things done, um, Lord, and a lot of times you have other plans, and uh, you want things to be said that I don't even know. Um, and so, God, I do pray uh, right now for... Uh, the marriage class that's coming up, uh, I don't know at all how this is going to go, and that's hard for me to say because I'm the one that's supposed to be doing it, but uh, God, you're revealing it to me every day, and uh, it really puts me at a place where uh, I know it's all of you uh, because uh, if I had it all figured out right now, it would be uh, of me, and it would be of things that I wanted it to be, and so God, I know that you have uh, a lot to say, and I pray that uh, you would just uh, bring those who really desire to hear it. Uh, I, I really do pray that People come, but I don't. I don't really want it to be a bunch of people who already have marriage, quote unquote, figured out. Because, uh, Lord, I want people that that really uh, want to know uh, what you have to say, not what I have to say, but what you have to say. So, Lord, I pray you'd bless it. I pray you'd be with those uh, this week. There's been a lot of loss this week at HBF, and so and just comfort those people. Uh, it's hard to lose somebody, especially somebody that's close. Especially when it's somebody that. Uh, we may may or may not know that they were saved or not, and uh, God, it's just tough. And so it should really light a zeal in our lives just to be more fervent, to get the gospel where it needs to go to those people that we love, uh, to everybody. So God, I pray you just bless the rest of the day. Um, just give us a good weekend. It's a holiday weekend. Uh, give us some good time off. Spend some time with our family and our friends, and uh, just really get the glory from our lives. Be with Pastor Brian as he preaches today. Uh, in Christ's name, amen. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.